Zakawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't mean anybody, Steve Zakawani. Steve Zakawani was never fun <laughs> to stick up against. Was it for Zakawani? None of this is possible. It's Steve. It's Steve. <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani! What's up, everyone? And welcome to Winging It with Zakawani. We're here, we're back, you asked for it, you demanded it, and we provided. This is your brand new official Sounders FC podcast. Lock in and tune in every single week to keep up with the latest happenings at the club. We'll be recapping games, previewing games, having great interviews with some of your favorite players and off-the-field personalities too. And as always, always feel free to send in your questions using the ask zach hashtag on social media and i'll always do my best to get to each and every question but we're here it's going to be a weekly thing you asked for it we provided and i'm really looking forward to connecting with you directly each and every week on this one the first episode it makes sense to begin with just kind of previewing what we're about to see and also kind of a small recap of what took place last year Every week, I'll be giving you three things, my three big things that I think we should all be focusing on. Usually, it'll be things you should be excited about, but not always. Right now, I would say for me, my big three things, the first one that we should all be excited about is that the core returns. And what do I mean by that? I mean, Roman Torres, Chad Marshall, Stefan Fry, Osvaldo Alonso, Christian Rodan, Nico Lodero, Clint Dempsey, Jordan Morris, they're all back here with the Sounders. Each and every one of those guys in the last couple of years have played such a key role in this team, winning MLS Cup and then being able to return to MLS Cup. You look around the league and a lot of teams have lost key players who've been a key part of their success. You think of the Portland Timbers, some names come to mind. Sporting Kansas City, some names come to mind. There's been trades that the LA Galaxy have had to make. The Sounders, on the other hand, have kept their core. Even TFC, MLS Cup champions, have lost a very key player who played on their back line. And so for the Sounders, when you're able to bring back your core in this league, that's a huge thing. And it's the caliber of guys the Sounders are bringing back, which leads me into the second big thing, which is the pain of defeat. The best thing to happen to TFC last year was losing MLS Cup at home in front of their fans because they were on a mission. From the start of last season all the way through to MLS Cup in December, that team was not going to be denied. And that was spurred by defeat the year before. When you win, you can become complacent. When you lose, you're hungry. And this Sounders team, the standards used to be, we've got to make the playoffs. Back when I played, we'd have it up on the board. Yeah, we wanted to win MLS Cup, but making the playoffs was the key. Now for this team, you almost, and I don't want to say it in an arrogant way, but you almost assume you're good enough to be in the playoffs and the goal becomes to about winning it. And the pain of the feet for the Sounders has to spur this team to have a great regular season. Going away on the road in MLS Cup, that's boring, that's old news, done that two years in a row, have to host a game here at CenturyLink Field because then that just ups the chances of winning. So I'm hoping that the pain of the feet helps the team come out firing on all cylinders. Last year, there was a minor MLS Cup hangover. No chance this time around. We should be all excited for the hunger that this team should possess. And the third big thing is two words, Jordan Morris. And I say Jordan Morris because we saw the best rookie 
season in club history. And I say that through a lot of pain because before he had it, it was me. But I'll give it to Jordan. He had the best rookie season in club history. And then last year, we saw kind of a slump in his sophomore year for many reasons. Injuries, played a lot of football in the last four years. There's many factors. But the Jordan Morris I've seen so far in preseason has been very, very sharp, very hungry. And I think there's an agreement between him and the coaching staff. And we will ask Brian Schmetzer and Garth Flagway about this. But in terms of his position, is he going to be a winger? Is he going to be a number nine, a forward? And if he is a forward, is he going to get a strike partner or play alone? I think Jordan has some clarity in that. He's taken some time off. He had a good January camp, by all accounts, with the U.S. men's national team. And now coming into this season, he wants to kind of make up for last year. And he just seems hungry and ready to go. And that can only mean good things for the Sounders. Because when he's at his best, the dimension he has... He adds to this team um, because speed can't be coached. And Jordan's learning how to make intelligent runs using his speed. That's a great thing. And with a guy like Nico Ladero and Clint Dempsey and Victor Rodriguez, all these great players underneath him, you run, they will find you. Preseason. Spent some time down in Tucson. I watched the Sounders play against the Portland Timbers. And normally in a preseason game, your first real preseason game, you kind of not go through the motions, but you're pacing yourself. This Sounders team couldn't do that. Because in just a couple of weeks at the time, they were going to be playing in the Champions League in a massive, massive game. And I know as a franchise, this club is prioritizing the Champions League. It's something MLS for a long time has wanted to get on equal footing, especially with Liga MX. And now the Sounders want to be that team to make that breakthrough. So the preseason game was very important to see where this team was at just a couple of weeks away from a real game. And without Clint Dempsey, without Nicola Dero, without Osvaldo Alonso, what I saw was a very good team with Nicola Dero, without Roman Torres. It was a very, very good performance. The standout was Jordan Morris and Nico, that combination. Will Brim playing up top alongside um, Jordan Morris. It was a 4-4-2 diamond formation. Brian Schmetzer adding a wrinkle there. He knows he has the 4-2-3-1. But now being able to have 2-3 formations in the way the game is played in a modern game, you have to have that trick up your sleeve. Defensively, the team held Diego Valeri, Sebastian Blanco and Fernando Adi to one or two good chances. Granted, the Timber scored on one of those good chances, a header by Valeri. But for the most part, the sound has looked good. The youth movement is in full effect. I am the first one on the Handwala bandwagon. Not only because he said I'm one of his favorite players, not only because he plays a little bit like me, but I can recognize talent when I see it and he has it in abundance. Whether that pans out or not, we don't know. But it's been a long time since I've seen a guy coming through like that. And you kind of say, I can see big things in your future. The last one I really saw that with was DeAndre Yedlin. And look where he has ended up. So all things for me point to a successful start to the season. It's very important that a Sounders start the season well. The past couple of years, the year that... Obafemi Martins left to go to China. Last year, after winning MLS Cup, the little hangover. It's been a slow start, and you're playing catch-up during the summer. This team must make a strong start in the Champions League and in the league to to win the marathon and have a great chance of actually winning the Supporter Shield, having the highest points total, and hopefully hosting... MLS Cup. What a great night that would be in Seattle. We've enjoyed going to Toronto. Not the weather, but we've enjoyed going there as a group, as a pack, cheering the lads on. But imagine bringing that here. There's no doubt 
that stadium would be sold out the buzz around the city would be great and to lift that trophy here has to be the goal so it's an exciting time to be a Sounders fan an exciting time to be part of the Sounders team be connected in any way you are and right here on this podcast we're going to bring you the exclusive preview of this upcoming season stay tuned as you continue to look forward to the 2018 Seattle Sounders season I think guys are really motivated and in our mindset you know I was talking to some of the guys at the you know right after the MLS Cup last year and we were saying we want to come out firing because we want to try and host MLS Cup um, this time around you know obviously long way to go and it's not a guarantee that we get back there again but but to put ourselves in a better position to go into the playoffs having a a better chance of, of hosting all right welcome back to winging it with zakawani and i'm so happy because i'm joined i'm honored actually by one of my favorite people in the whole organization um the one the only head coach brian schmetzer wow <laughs> what an on, intro Steve. come on <laughs> Coach Schmetz. It, Coach just, Schmetz. Just, just Brian. How about something little low-key? No. What I'm going to say is this. I, feel, I, don't know if, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I've told a lot of people this. My first year, I would say the first maybe two to three weeks, um, I thought, man, Brian Schmetz is really, really hard on me. I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know if Brian Schmetz liked me because he was so hard on me. Then the longer I stayed here in Seattle and realized what Schmetz was doing and was about... I began to understand how much he helped my game improve, just like that. The one-on-one time he spent with me, with Eddie Johnson, with players like that, doing all the attacking drills, the finishing, all those fun stuff we used to do. Transitioning from that to being the head coach, have you, how have you kept that balance of now being in charge of managing the whole group, but yet still your natural instinct is almost to coach and give little tidbits of advice? Like, What's the balance been like for you since becoming the head coach? Uh, those were the good old days. We're yeah. going gonna to talk about you and Eddie and, and some of those guys. You yeah. guys made my job easy. Yeah. I mean, you came in and, you know, made my job easy. I, I remember another story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like Alan Hinton here. I'm going to tell you some stories, right? Go ahead. So not just when you came in as, mm-hmm. as, as, a, as, a, as a rookie, you know, there was whatever connection. Because that's what assistant yeah. coaches do, yeah. do right? I'm yeah. going to try and answer your question with a story. Yeah. So assistants have to do that. So now I have Gonzo and Jimmy and yeah. Precky and those yeah. guys do the same thing. And my role certainly has changed. Mm-hmm. But I remember talking to you in the beginning and then one of my other stories about a young player was uh andy rose Uh, because when andy rose came we were training in uh the vmac Mm. in a football you know in the football thing and football fields are narrow and i remember they were doing a corner kick or something i said andy the field's really narrow go get yourself to the back post and maybe you'll maybe get your head on something maybe you score and then maybe zig will sign you (laughs) And so sure enough, because the field was short, the guy who was taking a corner kick overhit it. Andy goes up at the back post and he gets his head on it. And I think he almost scores. Uh-huh. And then Ziggy signed him the next day. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Great coaching. <laughs> those are the little stories that I love to think about, yeah. you know, engaging with you young guys. And yeah. yes, it is a little different now. I mean, <clears throat> I still would love to have those relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I have the, you know good relationships with the young guys, but I have to let Gonzo and Jimmy and, yeah. and Preki and Tommy Dutra take those over. And 
I focus on maybe the bigger players. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. I got now I got to take care of Deuce and yeah. Nico and Ozzy and Ramon yeah. and I think the pecking order uh, has changed a little bit. Yeah. But but the process is the same because yeah. what I talk to Nico about or mm-hmm. Deuce about or Ozzy yeah. is similar to what you know Jimmy and those guys are talking to the yeah. young guys. Yeah, that's a crew. Um, I remember also learning from you small tactical things. You know, being a left winger. You kind of figured out really quickly that I was never going to become a great two-way defensive left winger. And you would actually encourage me to say, just stand in the passing lane, get a good starting position. You'll get a lot of interceptions, win the ball, and do things like that. So tactically, I was always impressed by the things you did. But when I talked to your players and mentioned the name Brian Schmetzer, whether it's Jovin Jones or Clint Dempsey, I spoke to him recently in Arizona, whoever I talked to, the first thing they do is they smile. (laughs) And then they talk more about the connection you have. Jovin Jones says, no, Schmidt says good morning to me every morning, and he smiles and he waves at me. Clint says, no, I have conversations with Schmetz, and I feel like I'm heard. And So, tactically, you're a good coach, but what is it about the way you approach it that makes the players forget everything about soccer and start speaking more about Schmetz, the person? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some credit where credit's due. Uh, again, I'll bring Al's name into it. I thought Alan was a very good uh, manager of people. Yeah. And so I learned tricks listening to Al when I was a young player, when I was 17, 18, 19 years old. And then certainly when the rebirth of the Sounders in 94, uh, he coached me again when I was a little older and I could understand some of the stuff that he was doing. And then, you know, I learned from Jimmy Gabriel, who was who was such a good guy and always was friendly, pat you on the back and say, hey, how you doing, Smets? And, you know, so a lot of that stuff just comes from, you know, your own personal experiences and then, uh, you know, my wife, Christine, I mean, she's a very good conversationalist. Mm-hmm. People, would, people would be shocked if I said, I'm a shy guy, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm shy, or yeah. I couldn't speak in front of groups, or yeah. I needed to, you know, really kind of read from a script in order to talk to people. Yeah. And I think when you enter in conversations, and they're open, and they're honest, and they're just out there transparent, I think you can just be who you are. And I learned that a little bit from Christine. I learned it from Al. I learned it from Jimmy. I learned it from talking to you, you know, talking to Eddie, (laughs) Eddie Johnson. I mean, we can bring his name into the thing because I loved Eddie. You did. I I loved Eddie. I thought he was great. I mean, look, he's fiery and everything, but Eddie spoke the truth. When he he was talking to you, (laughs) you knew exactly what Eddie meant. Yeah. And and those were good. Yeah. You did like him. You absolutely did like him. Um, Extremely successful so far as a head coach, like extremely successful. I think I remember telling you one time I bumped into you and said, I can't, maybe at the airport, we come from a game and you were still the assistant at the time. And I said, when the time comes, I'd love to see you get your shot as a head coach. Just saying that to you. And it's been unbelievable. Won an MLS Cup, um, Western Conference Championship now celebrating in front of your fans and then lost at MLS Cup. So now going into this season, um, what do you think the 2018 team realistically can achieve? Because not much changes, but you've kept your core. And there seems to be a sense of optimism around that. What do you think this team realistically can achieve um, this 2018 season? So I might, <clears throat> I might pump the brakes on you there a little bit and, and, mm-hmm. and temper expectations just a little bit. Because people have been talking about, yes, everybody's back. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need that little extra bump of a new player and a yeah. new face. You know, you saw it last year with Victor yeah. and with Kelvin. Um, you know, you, you, you cannot always rest always on your laurels. Mm-hmm. So 
I think what we've had this year is, okay, Ikram's coming in and done okay. Yeah. And we just signed Alex, who's yeah. very, very good, very yeah. talented, and is pushing his brother and yeah. pushing the group. Uh, Jordan's going to be okay. So we've had a couple guys that have come in. But you you have to just make sure that the group is still motivated, mm-hmm. okay? And that's the key thing. <clears throat> so that's the little bit of temperament I want to put on it. But now I'm going to go back to the positive. Mm-hmm. The positive is is that they are still upset. Mm-hmm. I'm still upset about the success that we had in 2017. And then the one big yeah. massive failure that we had at the end of the year that took all of the steam yeah. out of what was a very successful season. I mean, you, you, we haven't talked about goalkeepers yet, but Steph Fry had sure. 13 shutouts. I think we only lost two games out of our last yeah. 16, 18, whatever that is. Yeah. We had a lot of success last year. Yeah. And everybody feels so empty. Mm-hmm. We feel like there's this knot in our stomach. And so that's why that group that's still together yeah. is a dangerous group yeah. because they are motivated. Yeah, absolutely. And in many ways, the best thing I said it back then to happen to TFC was losing the final in front oh, of their fans because sure. they were just on a mission the whole season for sure Brian Schmetzer ladies and gentlemen always always a pleasure and I wish you guys the best in the 2018 season we'll be talking and seeing each other all the time but um, thanks for joining us looking forward to it thank you Schmetz stay tuned Winging It with Zach Kawani we'll be right back after this short break And it's Mr. America himself who gets the opening goal on the 4th of July. Sounders lead by a goal to nil. And welcome back to Winging It with Zakowani. And I'm joined by my guy. Mike Check, one, two. <laughs> the main man, CD, Clint Dempsey, Deuce, whatever you want to call him. He's the main man. What's up, man? What's up, bro? <laughs> well, I just lied to Clint and said we're about to record a rap verse and you should have seen his face. So <laughs> we're not about to do that. But um, just real quick, man, you signed a new contract. You're back this year. Um, saw you in preseason. You seem to be in good spirits again. Just nice in a good place. Um, how are you feeling right now in general? Feeling good. Um, team's looking good. It's the most uh, depth I think we've had since since I've been uh, with the club. Look forward to what uh, the year brings. But um, yeah, we want to we want to do some big things, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to make that happen. I was talking to one of the kids, um, Handwala Buana, and he was telling me. I said to him, "You know, what's the experience been like being around the team?" When we were in Chula Vista, I hanged out with Clint Dempsey all the time. He <laughs> told me his stories about when he was Fulham, and it just like. Because, like, where, where I come from, we wore jerseys, and we had Clint Dempsey jerseys. A bunch of kids had Clint Dempsey jerseys. And just being able to be like, wow, this is the person that you watched when he was at Fulham, and now you're sharing the same locker room. It just, I've never, ever thought this would have happened. Never, ever in my life. Amazing. But just, just being able to, like, sit down with Clint and chat with him and joke around, it's, I'm just speechless, to be honest. When you hear those kinds of things, those kind of like, how does that make you feel? Not apart from maybe feeling a little bit old, which yeah. apart from that, <laughs> how do you feel in general when a kid like that says, "You know what? The gift I got that meant so much to me was a Dempsey shirt," and then he's playing with you now. That's crazy. Uh, but more importantly, just his story. Yeah, being in the refugee camp and you know having all the odds against you and figuring out a way to to beat those odds and, yeah. and to make it professional. That's 
that's something real special. But, yeah, it's crazy to think that um, you're able to have an impact in certain places that you don't know yeah. that you're getting that visibility. And um, to be able to, to, you know, we was talking with him, and he said that there were there were people who were fooling fans over there. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. That's, it's crazy. So, uh <laughs> Um, it's always good to hear those type of things, but even better, like I said, to hear the story of him making it from the struggle and, and, and being able to, to to accomplish his dream. Yeah. Speaking of Fulham, I was on Instagram the other day, and on the Explore page, came across this random video, and it was like Clint Dempsey scores a hat-trick. You remember that game? Yes. For Fulham. And one of the goals, you had some speed. Hey, it was, it was bro, like, back in the day. <laughs> it, was, it was like a breakaway goal. I had to like, zoom in. Is that Clint? Is that, that's him. So which game was that? And... What's some of your strong memories now from your time in England? Okay. Um, it was a hat-trick. Really yeah. Hat-trick. The, the, I think the game we're talking about was Newcastle. Yes. Um, and the player you're talking about, Bobby, hit a, a ball over top. Yeah. And was able to, to, to get a header to it because it had a, had, a, had a bounce to, you know, come up that high. But I was able to, like, get a t- good touch on it, able to keep it on the right side and go across the keeper. So, uh, yeah, it was good to get my first Premier League hat-trick yeah. uh, in that game. And then I think um, uh, a week later or a week before that, I got a hat-trick first um, in, in the cup against uh, Charlton uh, wow. Athletic. So, uh, yeah, that was a uh, – Speaking of memories, um, the chip against Juve. I was going to say that. That, that stands out for me. Yeah. Um, the first goal I ever scored for the club that kept them up from relegation against yeah. Liverpool. Um, I would say yeah. the Stoke goal, that, that, that stands out to me. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a volley from um, probably 30 yards out. Um, I'm trying to think of any other ones. Um, These are pretty good. Uh, the game winner against uh, Manu at Old Trafford with Tottenham, my first goal for them. Yeah, the game winner against Manu at Old Trafford. Yeah, with Tottenham, that was oh, yeah, that was a cool is, experience. This, this is unbelievable. I always call you Big Game Clint because any big game you score, like I'm at home watching the World Cup opener, and it's like Clint's gonna score, he scores. Seattle versus Portland, Clint's gonna score, he scores. I've asked you before, you know how you always have that mindset to do that. You've explained that before. Well, I'm gonna ask you now. Entering the later years of your career, um, are you the kind of guy who you used to just some crazy accomplishments? Like, are you kind of like, you know, I'm happy with what I've done, I'm just gonna have fun, or are you still in your mind, like, no, I need to do a little bit more before I hang these things up? I mean, I really just go out there and, and, and try to help your team win games. Uh, I got my kids, they, you know, they're getting older and, and, yeah. and, and being able to go to the games and watch on TV. Um, uh, that was, that's really what motivates me mm. for them to see me playing and, and playing in a good style and in a good way. I think that's, that's what, what's the most important thing for me. I want mm. to leave behind, um, you know, them being able to remember, uh, their dad playing yeah. at, a, at a high level or playing professional and hopefully motivates them in whatever, um, thing that they decide on doing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you always want to finish strong. You don't want to limp to the finish. You want to go out on your own two feet, and uh, you know I look forward to uh, yeah, making making things happen this season. And your kids, they play. Yes, they play. They do all kinds of different sports. Are any of them at their age better than you are at your age? At the, when you were their age, or would you watch them? Man, that's a good question. I kind of talk to my parents and ask them mm-hmm. um, that question uh, when they come up and, and watch our kids play. Um, but you know it's it's tough to say it's still real early yeah, yeah. and it's not necessarily how always how you start it's kind of how you finish and there'll be a lot of kids that you know they start off really well and then 
Um, they kind of go to the wayside or they think that they're, you know, they're, they're playing at a good level and they kind of get content. And, you know, I think you always got to have that looking over your shoulder or that, that, that thinking of what are kids in other countries doing right yeah, now to, yeah. and then I think that's what kind of keeps you pushing. So hopefully I'm able to instill that in my kids. They can have that, um, passion for winning and competitiveness, uh, competitive drive and, We'll see what they're able to do. I think anything, you just pray for your kids to find something that they're passionate about. And and I think, you know, that that'll bring a positive influence to their life and kind of keep them out of trouble. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Love it. Clint, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for making the time, man. Thanks, bro. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. Thank you, bro. That was Clint Dempsey. Stay tuned. Winging it with Zakawani. Coming right back. Welcome back to Winging It with Zakawani, and I'm joined by GM Golf Largoway Golf. Good to see you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Steve. Really Appreciate good to it. see you. Um, with you, I want to ask you first of all. Um, I know you want to go forward, but looking back from when you you came from a very successful time at Salt Lake, you've come to Seattle, and in the time you've been in since 2015 onwards, how would you? It's, I mean, it's been pretty successful. Two MLS Cup trips, one win, a Western Conference Championship. How do you kind of evaluate the success you've had and did you expect to have that success when you first got here? Uh, you know, look, I think when you switch jobs, you, you have to I, – I, I don't like the word expect, Steve, just yeah. because I think you got to earn everything, you know, and I, and I think, you know, do you want that? Do you set your goal to be that? Yes, but nothing's given. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, for me, the big challenge was leaving a small club, coming to a big club. You know, can I uh, replicate some or take the best practices, I would say, from the small club and then, you know, apply them differently in a big club and still take uh, advantage of all the resources that are here in Seattle and all the things that make it uniquely great. And it's been, look, I, I can say it's really fun. It's up to the fans. How, you know, they, they literally they get to vote this year, you know, so whether yeah. or not it's successful or not, that's up to them. But, um, you know, uh, winning the ring is cool. You know, winning two different franchises, first ring is yeah. kind of cool when you're there for those moments and, and you know, and, and the parade and the uh, downtown by the by the space needle there was you know that's just a moment you'll never forget yeah. and and that stuff's cool and um you know it's been different phases of stuff though right I mean inevitably there's the the first phase which is with Ziggy yeah. um and inheriting a lot of you know uh, the Sounders and you know what what they had been since their origin yeah. um and I, what I would say in 2015 is what began happening was changing from a soccer team to a soccer organization yeah. so literally added S2 in 15 and then tripled our investment in the academy starting in 16 and um, becoming really a player development uh, organization and and you know reshaping ourselves where you know in the early mls you could kind of <clears throat> at times at least outspend everybody yeah. uh, and now that you have and uh, toronto and new york city and you have atlanta and you have lafc and yeah. you have the galaxy and you know now now there's like and again this is the natural way of the world right seattle's not the right. top five big cities in the in the in the, in the country right. um, but with our fan base they're awesome because with our fan base we can actually hang with them yeah we just got to organize ourselves a little bit differently than we did before and yeah. and so that's been the process that i've tried to help with and uh so far so good i'd say yeah. came agonizingly close to repeating as MLS Cup champions and fell short against a very good TFC team, it has to be said. Um, when that happens, are you able to move on quickly and say, okay, how do we get back in next year and win? Or do you kind of dwell on that for a while? Does it stink for a while? What's your kind of approach 
post game? I'd say it's for the team, for the coaches, for the players, it very clearly is hung over everybody's head. Uh, and I'd argue it's a good thing because no one's willing to give that up and say that's acceptable. We played that. We're just going to roll. We're just going to roll that it's you know happened. We're going to move on. Um, you know, from a management perspective, I would say you have to take a slightly different tack and say, uh, you know, that was certainly the worst performance we had in six months. Um, it's arguably the worst performance we'd had since I'd been here. Um, and it's a heck of a time to do that. Uh, but you probably don't want to blow up the, the blueprint and the foundation based on that one game. And so um, it's, you know, I talk about this a lot uh, in it just the GM job and the coach job are different. And, you know, when you look at a strategic long-term view, you know, you, you come out of that and you say, bad night, you know. But look, I mean, I, it's arguably the greatest game of Michael Bradley's life. I mean, that's one example, right? I mean, and yeah. they've been waiting to kick our teeth in for 11 months. Yeah. And it ain't easy playing in Toronto. So, like, there's all these things that go into it. And, and, you know, what I would simply say in the end is, you know, there's no shame. If you would have told me when I came to Seattle three years ago, hey, in the first three years you're going to make two finals, uh, play both on the road, uh, and you're going to win a ring. Yeah. You, you take it. You yeah. take it, and you'd walk away smiling and yeah. say, "We got the monkey off back. Like the, this is the thing that the franchise couldn't win. Now we did it. Now we've established ourselves." And to the extent sixteen was viewed as a fluke by some people, like yeah. we're back in the final in seventeen, so no one's got anything to say. Uh, and now, hopefully, we establish ourselves consistently in the league going forward. Yeah, um, I've been around the team a little bit in Tucson, and I've started to hang out with some of the guys in Seattle and talking, and I sense a lot of optimism around this team for some reason. There hasn't been like this big signing or a big change, but there seems to be a sense of optimism. Um, how excited are you about the 2018 team? And what do you think realistically this team can hope to achieve? You know, look, I hope we compete to win uh, CCL and I hope we, we can win an MLS Cup. I mean, I, I think that's the goal every year now. And uh, if you look at our club, we're bringing back 10 of 11 starters, right? But it's more than that. We're bringing back 17 of our top 18 guys in terms of minutes played. Now, we just dealt Fisher. So we got a new uh, reserve right back. So now it's 16 of 18. But, you know, the foundation is very much there. I mean, any measurable statistical category from last year, we have at least four of our top five players, whether that's goals, assists, saves, block shots, crosses, like right. tackles, you name it. Like, we got it all covered. So, um, what I would say is <clears throat> we st- we do have some still some key players that are over 30 mm-hmm. and honestly may not recover in six weeks. Like, and that's, that's just the reality. Yeah. And when you play 11 months, <clears throat> two yeah. years in a row, yeah. there's going to be some wear and tear. There's going to be some mileage on some of those guys. And you got to chill out about it. You yeah. got, you got to let them uh, come back and you got to let them, prepare in a way that makes it sustainable where they're able to come back and stay back yeah. as opposed to rushing them back and I think if we do that um, it, A, it's a great opportunity for some of our younger players and again cause, because we don't have this is the other thing I think the dynamic I would say Steve is we don't have a starting lineup anymore you know, and, this, and that's a tremendous that's a really good thing um, we have a group of players who can contribute and I think we're you know who, we'll see what that number is but um, you know you look at uh, you know Jordy Delem's played a lot in the preseason Harry Ship started three playoff games didn't lose any of them yeah. You know, like guys like that that you don't think about all the time. Yeah. But these guys are good. Yeah. I mean, these guys are Waylon Francis, you know, to, you know, you know, competing with Nuhu at, at left back. And you, so you look at, you know, what's what's our future? Well, Nuhu Tolo, Jordan Morris, Christian Roldan, I'd argue those are three of the top 10 or 15 yeah. best players, best young players in the league. And those guys are all under 22. Yeah. So, like, I think we got a good mix. I think we had a good mouse. I think we got a good uh, group coming back, provided we're willing to be a little bit patient with some of these guys and, yeah. and get them ready and get them fit right at the beginning. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the season. And the last thing I want to ask you is this. 
there were two reasons I used to hate playing against Salt Lake. One was the altitude. I couldn't run anyway, and then going there just made it worse for me. But it also was the unique playing style. They played a narrow diamond, and we had no idea at times how to match up against that. When you came to Seattle, you spoke about a desire to want to see a team play a certain way. And it's been a couple of seasons now. How close is the team, do you think, as an organization, to that vision of how you kind of saw the product on the pitch being played? I think, you know, it looked like... The way we want, the way we want to play, and I want to be careful here too, because it's ultimately up to the coach to pick the lineup and pick the tactics, pick the formation. So I don't want to act like I'm dictating that from above. Right, right. Um, when I say I want to, uh, I want a certain way to play. I want it. To, I want us to be entertaining. Yeah. I want. To, I want the, to be appealing to fans. I want the ball on the ground. I want the ball to move around. Yeah. I because I think those are things that appeal to everyone, and, yeah. and that's how we want to grow this sport and grow the product in Seattle. So um, very high level stuff, and I mm. think that we started to see that um, in the middle of last year because what happened was, you know. Look, as I said, it was it was Ziggy's team until the middle of of 2015, yeah. uh, and then we changed coaches. We signed Ladero, <clears throat> and then we then we changed, and then the switch flipped. Uh, and but then even then, after we win the title in 2016, we changed 13 players, four starters, right? So it, it took us six months to integrate all those guys, um, and. When we finally added Leardham and we added Rodriguez, you had an 11 that could all play with the ball at their feet. Yeah. And they could all combine and they could all attack and they can all defend. And it began to resemble this more cohesive mass. And one of the reasons I'm excited is now with a full preseason with Leardham, with Rodriguez, with New Who one year on, um, with a healthy Jordan Morris again, um, you know, the there's, I think there's a lot of reason to think the team's only going to get better than it was and that, that consistency and that cohesion because when you play with a ball, you always have to know where everybody is, right? And you have yeah. to kind of get a feel for it. Yeah. And now we're going to have – we've had six months with that group now yeah. with a big start. I think we can really get better in that sense too. So I'm excited about that. we still got some things we're working on. Um, you know, Ikram's probably the most high-profile signing, yeah. but he's another guy who's really good on the ball. Yeah. He's a pass. Like, yeah. you know, and, and if we can create – you know, all the data says – Basically, if you create the most chances, you should win most of the time. And that's what we're going to do. And, and Coach Metzger is always going to have us well-organized defensively. He's going to get the great mentality to get ready to buy in and play both ways. And if you combine those aspects, hopefully you get a good result in the end. Couldn't agree more, Garth. Um, pleasure. Thank you for joining us. No, I'm great to talk to you. Um, lots of things to be excited about the 2018 season. We're back with a bang. That's the great way to begin um, a new podcast. And I really hope whether you're on your commute, listening at home, it's on your lunch break, you're working out at the gym, that this episode had something for you. Lots more to come throughout the year. I um, want to thank Garth Lagoway. Brian Schmetzer, my man, and of course, Clint Dempsey, all for joining us today. And as always, feel free throughout the week to tweet your questions to the Sounders on Twitter, to myself on Twitter, hashtag AskZach, and we'll do our best to see as many as we can. Let your questions be about this year, the past, questions that I may be able to answer, um, concerns you have about the team that... I'll put you at ease about, but send them out throughout the week. We'll always do our best on this podcast, winging it with Zach Wani to answer those questions. And anywhere you listen to your podcast, don't forget to subscribe, to comment, to rate us, give us five stars so we get towards the top of the search bars and we can all keep enjoying this great podcast. But I'm Steve Zakwani. This is Winging It with Zakwani. First episode. Hope you enjoyed and we will be back next week. Stay tuned.